this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with believers nationwide for the Million Souls campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. Let me t- first tell you about Rectech Grills. You know, you could uh, come, go out to Home Depot, buy a grill, at least in the old days. I don't know if you can do that now. Maybe in Michigan, they've, they've walled all those areas of the store off. Uh, but uh, now that spring is in full bloom and summer is on the way, uh, you, can do, go, you can go do that. Uh, or you can spend, uh, you know, all, all this ridiculous time uh, searching for the right grill. You can find some little lunchbox on wheels. You can pay a fortune for something that is decent. Or another option, uh, what if you could just get a grill that will stand up on its own against all the rest? And this is because this grill is sold direct to consumer, be getting a heavy-duty, sleek, smart technology-packed, uh, world-class uh, uh, grill, which is amazing. And if that sounds good, then you need a Rectech grill. If you haven't gone online and checked out uh, Rectech grills yet, do yourself a favor right now. These grills are awesome. Uh, they are built with the best steel. So they're heavy and durable, and their smart technology uh, will practically turn you into a chef by itself. I don't know if that's a fact, but it's pretty close to one. Uh, I know uh, Rectech grills are taking the world by storm. The audience loves them. Follow Rectech grills on all their social media and sign up for their newsletter. Make sure to visit them at rectechgrills.com. R E C T E C grills with an S. RecTechGrills.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. That's Pat Gray's Stuber Gear for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. A lot to talk about. A lot to get into. Uh, there was an amazing press conference from the president yesterday uh, where he did basically a talk radio show during it. It was kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, we'll get into that in just 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck program. My dog Miles is 174 years old uh, this month. Uh, it's an, he's a little older, and he's all like he was—he's a black pug, and he's—he's he's like now almost a gray pug. He really uh, is—he's showing his age a little bit, um, and you know he doesn't get around all that well anymore. Uh, but it, we've lately been giving him uh, rough greens. Uh, something that Glenn's talked about. I know he's done a lot with his dog Uno, and Miles is now—he's—he's he's got a little pep in his step. I mean, this, you know, there's some limping involved in the steps, I will say, but he's moving hmm. around a lot better, and he loves Well, at 174, <laughs> there, you're bound to be a little limping. A little bit, right? right. You're going to have aches and pains, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, he gets around still. The, the funny thing about him is because he's gray, 
now his whole chin it looks like he has a gray beard most of the time mm-hmm. but after he eats his rough greens it Got looks like green he has a green now? beard yeah i like that too <laughs> just that a great happens just, with our dog yeah, as well it's great uh the energy is is improved and uh, miles is, is doing great um I, I know that glenn has had a great experience with uno as well his dog uh, pat as well um mm-hmm. what, who was your dog's name a uh, bell 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 what kind of dog is it again uh she's basically a glorified rat <laughs> so <laughs> she's a rat with a little extra hair oh, okay oh, yeah. that's fine yeah, yeah. uh rough greens but is man she loves rough greens she yeah. gobbles that stuff they love it oh they love it. it rough greens isn't dog food it's a <laughs> supplement that you put on dog food and it contains massive amounts of vitamins minerals digestive enzymes probiotics and even omega oils and antioxidants Take the Rough Greens 14-day Jumpstart Challenge today for just $14.95 and see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. Just go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F greens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33, G-L-E-N-N, of course. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Call today. Pat Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. He's feeling a little under the weather today. The 24-hour COVID-19, I think, right? <laughs> just got COVID-24. 24. 24-hour okay. COVID. Uh, he actually, in his email today to tell us he was not going to be in because he was feeling sick, he made it. He made the distinction that it was not coronavirus, which I don't know how you do that exactly. That's not what a doctor does, right? You don't just say, oh, uh, him? I don't think he's got it. Like you have to have a right. test or something. Have at least yeah. have the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he claims he does not have coronavirus. Okay, he's been self isolating for uh, quite some time now. Uh, a long time. Yeah, it's uh, been six weeks. Has it already? Yeah, it's been a long time. I think yeah. And so he's not really popped out of the house for much of anything. Uh, and he will not be in today. And not not feeling well, which is sad. That uh, is sad. But we'll we'll, we'll we'll monitor his uh, his his symptoms and let you know if it's turning into any of the covids. <laughs> one through 24 <laughs> now if you don't have one through 18 will you understand when you have uh you know the subtle nuances of the disease when you have 19 no you so need I, I didn't i didn't have any of the first 18 yeah so was, i'm supposed to understand this i just feel like everyone's already on the covid 19 bandwagon i can't just yeah. join it now i gotta go no. back and go covid one covid two right go all the way up the list <laughs> So, like, I tried to watch Game of Thrones starting in the final season. Oh, you did? Didn't make any sense at all. I didn't know any of the characters. I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know so who they were. So you didn't enjoy were. it? A I didn't great know who deal. they were associated with. I didn't mm-hmm. know any why they were upset at certain things. <laughs> None of it made any sense at all. And that's what people are understanding now with COVID-19. You can't right. just jump in. All right. No. You got to start at the beginning. <laughs> Uh, did you how did you feel about the uh president's press conference yesterday? you know that part a, of it i liked a lot yeah quite honestly mm-hmm. um <laughs> part of it was really good and i'll sh- we'll show you that part because he he came out and he was obviously pissed off about the new york times article over the weekend yes that said he it, it, why he was a failure uh on the coronavirus uh response and it just outlined you know how stupid he is and how he waited on this and he didn't listen to the right people listen to the wrong people all of that from the new york times and they didn't really they didn't really back anything up with any evidence with any facts it was just it was mostly an opinion piece and he was not happy about it and so he came out ready to uh go after the media 
And here's what happened. Uh, it's Trump um, does the talk radio bit because it's a lot like a talk radio show hmm. here. Cut number uh, But I took nine. this action no. early. And so the story in the New York Times was a total fake. It's a fake newspaper Uh-oh. and they write fake stories. And someday, hopefully in five years when I'm not here, those papers are all going out of business because nobody's going to want to read them. But now they like them because they write about me. Now, with that, I have a couple of interesting. We have a few uh, clips that we're just going to put up. We could turn the lights a little bit lower. I think you'll find them interesting. And then we'll answer some questions. I'll ask you some questions okay. because you're so guilty, but forget it. Uh, but most importantly, we're going to get back onto the reason we're here, which is the success we're having. Okay. Uh, please, you could put it on. Thank you. People should be more concerned right now with the flu in this country. A lot of people are concerned about the coronavirus because they're hearing a lot of news about it right now. But the reality is comparing it to the flu, for example, it's not even close to being at that stage. What if it is worse? Is this a moment where maybe countries put politics aside, a little bit of pride aside? And do we have U.S. officials? Should U.S professionals such as yourself get involved. How worried should Americans be about coronavirus? Coronavirus is not going to cause a major issue in the United States. Hmm. Okay. So there's some experts. While the president took decisive action. <laughs> and then there's the timeline of the actions that he, he and this, took. This is where the orchestra walked into the room. Sort of like music. <laughs> the vaccine. We will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. To unleash the full power of the federal government in this effort today, I am officially declaring a national emergency. Medicare patients can now visit any doctor by phone or video conference at no additional cost. The first one million masks will be available immediately. Okay. Even as partisans sniped and criticized. As there were more cases and it was clear that it was spreading out of China where it originated. The president took this move that he was widely criticized for by Democrats and even some Republicans at the time, which was he halted a number of flights from China into the U.S. The idea was to halt the spread of the disease, keep transmissions to a minimum. He was accused of xenophobia. He was accused of making a racist move. At the end of the day, it was probably effective because it did actually take a pretty aggressive measure against the spread of the virus. Okay. Bipartisan governors recognize the president's support. (laughs) This is incredible. (laughs) His team is on it. They've been responsive late at night, early in the morning, uh, and they've uh, thus far been doing everything that they can do. And I want to say thank you. And I want to say that I appreciate it. He returns calls. He reaches out. Uh, he's been proactive. Uh, we got California that mercy ship down here in Los Angeles. That was directly because he sent it down here. 2,000 uh, medical uh, units came to the state of California, these FMS, these, these field medical stations. Uh, and that's been very, very helpful. The president has been... Uh, 
uh, outstanding uh, through all this. The vice president's been outstanding. Members of the coronavirus task force, very responsive. We had asked if we could have, New Jersey could have access to a piece of the beds that are on the USNS Comfort, and the president came back, called me a short few minutes before I walked in here to say, indeed, they would grant that to New Jersey. So that's a big step for us in addition to all the other capacity. That news is literally hot off the press, and I thank the president and vice president who are on the call together. President Trump approved Arizona's request for a presidential major disaster declaration. I want to thank the president for a quick turnaround. We requested this on a Wednesday, and we had approval right. by Saturday morning. And quick. we are grateful See, to the administration mm -hmm. for their continued mm -hmm. support and responsiveness. Well, first of all, I want to uh, thank uh, the, the, the president, <laughs> the president, vice president sure. for doing a really good job of communicating <laughs> with all the governors. There you go. Uh, and or is then that he it? Comes, he, no, he comes back out. Okay. So we could give you hundreds of trips like that from hundreds governors, hundreds. including Democratic or Democrat, as I call them, governors, which is actually the correct term. Uh, we could give you hundreds of clips just like that. We have them. Mm -hmm. uh, we yeah. didn't want this to go on too long, but I just want to say <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's very sad when people write mm -hmm. false stories like in that case, I guess it was gotten mostly from The New York Times, which is a highly... I mean, if you had libel laws, uh, we, they would have do. been out of business even before they'll <laughs> end up going out of business. So it's too bad. But we could have given yeah. you sort of statements. We have hundreds of statements, hundreds of statements, including from Democrats and Democrat governors. <laughs> so wow. well, there it is, like a like a full talk radio presentation. And we're out there. of time for today's show. We're we'll out, see there, you tomorrow. There it is. Uh, <laughs> that, that's amazing. In the middle of a press conference. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, look, he has to yeah. make the case. Because no one else is going to make it for him. Well, and he's under continual barrage. I understand that. Nonstop. Right? I mean, I don't, you know. It's funny. One of the clips he plays in the middle is another clip that, that I uh, played on this show. And I think on the News and Why It Matters on Blaze TV uh, from Maggie Haberman, as well as my show, Stu Does America, by the way. Uh, you could subscribe to that if you'd like. Or Pat, Pat Gray Unleashed. Mm -hmm. But the Maggie Haberman clip is interesting in that it was on the podcast, The Daily which is the big New York Times podcast. Maggie Haberman's basically their top reporter. Uh, goes back and forth between Donald Trump's favorite reporter and least favorite reporter, uh, yep. depending on the day. Um, and she made that point in the middle of that uh, program, which was interesting. I mean, it was the first time I had heard a mainstream reporter acknowledge that number, not only did the move work when it came to banning flights from China, but also yeah. that we acknowledge there was unfair criticism that was unfounded. It wound up being untrue uh, about the move. Yeah, because the Democrats were all screaming how racist it yep. was. It mm -hmm. was xenophobic and racist. Yeah. It was racist when he did it to China. And then when he banned flights from Europe, now you're banning allies? These are our allies. You can't. What kind of message is that sending? That's xenophobic. Right. So he, could, he couldn't win. He can't no, win on no. this. And I will say that that podcast is a 30 minute podcast or so in which 28 and a half minutes are saying he didn't do a good job and then oh. there's that minute really the, on that saying, yes. on that particular one that, yeah and and, wow. you know, and it's funny it's the same source that he's complaining about the new yeah. york times yep and they're making largely the same point as that article uh that was in the new york times that he's complaining about and the point is at least you know the point uh, of all of this from the the new york times perspective 
is that he did act early in January, but then didn't follow it up in February. And they're trying to zero in on this three-week period, the last week of February and the first two weeks of March, where it seemingly to experts was obvious that this was going to get really bad and he didn't do enough. And like mm-hmm. stepping back from you can't trust their criticism. You can go and find much later dismissive comments from people like Andrew Cuomo and Bill de Blasio and Nancy Pelosi and all of these people like you can do all of that. But that is really something that is better done after this is over. Is it not? Yes. We can go back and examine yeah. every move Donald Trump makes in the, in the beginning of March once we get past the immediate crisis that is going on, the fact that the, the media is spending all of these resources trying to pick apart every little decision made before we knew how serious this was, or as it led up to the time where we understood how serious it was, and trying to make it into a political issue now is disgraceful. There's no reason. This can be. This is an interesting conversation. It may even inform your vote. In November. Maybe it will. Maybe you'll look at this and say Donald Trump did a great job or Donald Trump did a terrible job. But I think we can all understand that this is not the time to litigate that. We are in the middle of a crisis right now. Yeah. And and yet the media can't let it go. They can't. They, they, they hate all him they so much that that's, that's all they know how to do is to criticize him and his every move. And they're trying to plant in the mindset of the American people that he blew this, that, it, that it's a failure, and that people have died because of his inaction. And that's what they want the impression to be uh, when you go to vote in, in November, whether it's by mail or in person, that's the impression they want you to have, that Donald Trump failed. And so I, I think he sees the necessity to combat some of that. Because if he doesn't, who's going to? I mean, we are, but we're, we're going to say some things. But he, he wants to take his opportunity as well with the bully pulpit that he has and, and refute some of this nonsense. I don't, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. 888-727-BEZK. Uh, more coming up in 60 seconds. You want to feel good in your daily life, and you want to have that soundtrack that makes you feel good. Feeling good is the Oscar-worthy soundtrack to our daily lives. It's feeling good that undoubtedly caused the first person to spontaneously dance or sing or skip a rock across a still pond. There's something about feeling good that drives you to not only be able to do things, but to want to do them. You want to feel good. So when pain comes along and tries to steal that joy from you, uh, you have to hit pain back with everything you have or risk losing some of it. Uh, in defeat sadly too many people find themselves on the path where they've just kind of given up on it i mean it's sad so give relief factor a try it's not a drug it was developed by doctors and 70 percent of people who try it go on to order more it's working for them it can work for you too you can order the three-week quick start for only 19.95 so what do you have to lose uh if if you've given up on trying to stop uh pain that is stopping you from doing the things that you enjoy try relief factor now uh get the quick uh start three weeks for 1995 uh, and you can feel better as well go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384 800-500-8384 or relieffactor.com it's relieffactor.com 10 seconds station id so obviously cnn was offended by that by by Donald Trump's uh, <laughs> press conference. Yeah. And John King tells tells us all why he's so offended. The president has every right to defend himself. The president has a key 
a few key points he wants to make about oh. his action on the China, China ban. He's absolutely mm -hmm. correct. Uh, however, uh, mm -hmm. I spent nine and a half years in that building, close to 10 years in that building, including oh. in that briefing room as a White House correspondent, many of them working with mm -hmm. you uh, back in the Clinton administration. Then I stayed on through the George W. Bush administration. That was propaganda. That was not just a campaign <laughs> video. That was propaganda mm -hmm. aired at taxpayer expense in mm -hmm. the White House briefing room. And it mm -hmm. was selective cherry-picking information. Again, the president has every right to be proud of imposing the travel restrictions on China. He was criticized by other people at the time. Mm -hmm. And it, it turns out every public health expert will now tell you that that helped. That helped. That was the one thing the president did early on. Some of those other things that were announced in there were cherry picked and they ignore some things like on January 22nd, when the president was asked by CNBC, uh, do we, is there going to be a pandemic? No, not at all. That was the president of the United States on January 22nd. January. Uh, the president in early Amazing. February said it looks like in April, you know, in theory, it gets a little warmer. It miraculously goes away. Uh, the president mm. said then on February 26th at the White House, this is the flu. This is like the flu. Uh, he said in that same press conference, we're going to get very substantially 15 people, 15 within a couple of days. It's going to be down to zero. I could go on and on and on, Wolf, with other things <laughs> the president has said. And you uh, again, have. he has every right uh, to no defend kidding. himself. He has every right to push back. He has oh, every thank right you for to that. challenge things that are factually not true. Huh. Uh, but to play a propaganda video at taxpayer expense in the White House briefing room, is a new, you can insert your favorite word here, in this administration. Uh, there are ways to do things, Hi. and then there's that. That's just plain out propaganda yeah. in the James Brady briefing and, room of the White House. And, I uh, and CNN wants the corner market, the, the market cornered <laughs> on propaganda. Yeah. They want to be the only propagandists in this battle. Don't right step now. in on our turf. Hey, right. Uh, <laughs> We're the propagandists every day. We're the ones who do this and cherry-pick news usually. We don't want him doing that. I, I mean, that's despicable. And, that's just despicable. And the inane idea that Donald Trump was going to shut down the U.S. economy in early February. It's is, asinine. It's so ridiculously silly. There were literally, what, 15 people in early February with the disease in this country. You're going to shut down America because 15 people have it? No, yeah, look. Now, you know it's going to spread. Mm-hmm. But you're not thinking at that point that, you know, there's going to be 500,000 of us with the disease. No. And look, it was 15 people that had tested positive. We know right. probably there were more yes. here and we were trying to get a handle on it. We, we've talked about the testing uh, issues that largely came from the bureaucracy of the uh, CDC. Um, and, you know, that was an issue. Uh, it's one that we were able to overcome here and now are testing over 100,000 people every single day. Uh, but it took over a little three time. million so far. Yeah, over three million so far. It took it took a little time. Everything did not go perfectly. Uh, but the but idea it never that, does. Right, it never does. And you're telling me we could also go back and find a million clips of the media as Trump did some of that there, where they say that it's not going to be that big of a deal, including Anthony Fauci, by the way, yeah, who yeah, multiple yeah. times early on said it wasn't going to be a big deal for America. Uh, yeah, and and look, you know, everybody. I, I we did a, I did a show on Stu Does America, basically saying, look. Before, I don't know, what do you want to say? Early to mid-March, right? Pretty much, I think everybody gets a pass. Uh, there's, a, mm -hmm. I mean, you can go to certain experts who are predicting it. There were some, but this is a, a, a stat I quote often to show where the mindset was because this has happened so fast. One month ago, one month ago, 87% of people polled believed it would be less than 10,000 deaths. 87%. So wow. only the most alarmist people in our society had any idea how bad this would get. 
Okay? Yeah. It did turn out that way. They usually don't, right? Um, so you can understand why people had different opinions at Although that time. Although it did not turn out as bad as some predicted. I mean, the CDC was saying 2.2 million. Yeah, I mean, that was if we did nothing, which, right. of course, what society is going to do nothing? Hey, you know what? Let's just let it flow. Let them all die. Don't even let them in the hospitals. Let they them all die in the They were still saying 240,000 yeah. a couple of weeks ago. 100 to 240,000, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and look, we'll see what happens with the thing, but no one had an idea it was going to get like this You're very recently. We all shop online a lot, especially right now. I mean, all the time. I, now, of course, uh, my wife is the expert in this particular uh, field. <laughs> uh, Lisa, she, you know, she knows what she's doing. And uh, she's actually the one who told me about Honey initially. Uh, Honey is a free shopping tool that automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart when you're ready to check out. So you download the free app and then you just shop like normal. I know I use it on uh, my computer as well. And like you'll be on a site and honey just pops up hey you can save 10 percent here you didn't even know you could get it it just gets these uh these coupons for you You don't have to do any of the work you know that feeling when you kind of see the regular price and it applies a discount and you just watch it fall or if you're if you're ever at a store if we could ever go to stores again and you go up and you think it costs 20 bucks and they ring it up and it's 15 that's the feeling you get with honey all the time and it doesn't cost you a cent honey is the real deal it's backed by paypal has over a hundred thousand reviews on the google chrome store and you know it's secure and reliable bottom line not using honey is just literally the same thing as passing up free money so download honey today and start saving you can thank my wife later uh get honey at uh, honey jo- excuse me join honey.com slash back it's join honey.com slash back honey is free and it saves you money join honey.com slash back back in a few seconds here with uh, more on anthony fauci this whole press conference thing is anthony fauci gonna get fired we'll talk about it next it's pat and Stu for glenn on the glenn beck program triple eight seven two seven beck uh so the press is doing everything they can right now to pit anthony fauci against president trump Yes. Uh, they're trying desperately to make something out of that relationship so that the president will fire him. And then they can all come down on him like a ton of bricks because he fired this expert that everybody respects medically. That's what they want so badly. Oh, and, yeah. And they keep trying to pit him against each other. Now, remember, they did the same thing with James Comey. Yeah. They came out and they said uh, they, he needs to fire James Comey. Look, if Comey's bad, Comey's bad, Comey's bad. The second he fired him, they all turned on him and said it was a massive constitutional violation. <laughs> right. Uh, and they will do the same thing with Fauci. Absolutely, right? they he, would. He, like, he, you know, if that happens, this is what they will do. They will completely switch on it. It's interesting, though, to see where this is coming from. Because, I mean, I think the American people, generally speaking, have had positive reviews of the way Trump has handled this from the beginning mm-hmm. uh, he's had good approval ratings he's he's seen as positive a good chunk of that reason is because he's the nation's leading infectious disease expert is backing up every one of his moves right that you can mm-hmm. tell that there's tension there occasionally right you can tell that yes. they you can tell that Fauci agree. doesn't agree right. with some of what trump says right but he, i will say that he goes out of his way over and over and over again to uh, uh, allow to, to give the best possible spin for the president. One of the things that I thought was very important that he did early on was to say, look, I don't, my job has nothing to do with figuring out if the economy is good or not. 
That's the president's job. Mm-hmm. All I can do is tell him the medical advice, and he has a higher responsibility than I do to judge all of it together and make a decision. That is a more difficult job than just taking it down the road of, uh, of, of the medical advice. Because anybody right. could do that, right? Yes. We, we could just assign doctors to be president of the United States if that's what we wanted. <laughs> that's not what we want, right? The, the example that like, popped up in my head, Pat, is how many times have we tried to do like a, a comedy bit or something that's maybe edgy, and it's edgy enough that they make us go to the attorneys. Mm-hmm. And what do the attorneys always say? No. No. Don't do it. It Air opens on you the up side to of risk. caution. Err on the side of caution. It mm-hmm. opens you up to too much risk. Yep. You guys are going to get, you could get yourself in trouble. They could, someone could sue. Someone could complain. They're, blah, 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 blah. They will always say that because they're seeing it from one perspective. Their expertise is show me the problems uh, when it comes to the law. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Right. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that they're bad at their job, but it doesn't that doesn't mean that you as a host or you as a company say, okay, well, every time the lawyer says no, we don't do it because then you'll never do anything. Right. Right. And the same thing happens here with Trump. Obviously, you could get to a point when you're talking about the medical advice here where we could all stay inside forever and that will probably help coronavirus go away. (laughs) Right. But Mm -hmm. that's not a sensible decision. Mm -hmm. We could also say. The speed limit should be four, and we'll have a lot less traffic deaths. But it's not necessarily, when you take in the entire uh, decision-making process, the way you go. So Fauci's been pretty upfront with that. And the, the clip that, that was so controversial with Jake Tapper over the weekend, I don't even think sounded, to me, didn't even sound like criticism of the president. It was just the obvious acknowledgement that if they had acted a little earlier, things may have been better. But that's on Fauci as well. It's yeah. like he's, not, he's not absolving himself from this at all. Here, here's the clip. This is from uh, Jake Tapper's weekend show thing. Sanjay Gupta said, that's, this is all because we got started too late in the U.S. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Do you agree? You know, it isn't as simple as that, it isn't simple uh, as that. Jake. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, to just say this is all happening because we got started too late. Obviously, if you look, could you have done something a little bit earlier? Would have had an impact, mm-hmm. obviously. But where we obviously. are right now obviously. is the result of a number of factors. The size of the country, the heterogeneity of the country. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's a little right. bit unfair, unfair to compare us to South Korea where they had an outbreak in Daegu and they had the capability of immediately, essentially shutting it off completely in a way that we may not have been able to do right. in this country. We have a constitution. So obviously, I would have been mm. nice if we had a better f- head start, but I don't think you could say that we are where we are right now because of one factor. It's very complicated, Jake. I mean, he's disagreeing with Gupta's analysis there. He's saying yeah. that, no, it's not fair. It is not fair to say this about our response. Everybody in with perfect 2020 hindsight, of course, you can say, I wish I would have done something differently. If you are buying a stock and the company profile is amazing and all of a sudden COVID-19 hits and the stock goes through the through the through the floor, of course, you could look at it and say, OK, well, obviously, I wish we didn't buy that stock. But that doesn't mean it was a bad decision at the time or that you handled it incorrectly at the time. Right. You can only do. The best, you know, you can only consider the information you have at the time. And all he's saying there is, number one, we couldn't have handled it the way all of Trump's critics are saying it should have been handled. We can't, we're not South Korea. We've got a constitution that protects the United States and, and the people inside of it from having full lockdown and unlimited invasions of privacy. 
Mm-hmm. We don't get to dox all of our citizens. That's not the way this country works. So he's acknowledging that. He's, he, I don't even, it's not even criticism. It's not even criticism. It's just, the, I swear the media just wants to make this into a fight when there isn't a fight. I think there's natural tension mm-hmm. between um, you know, someone who is arguing for the most restrictive uh, ways to protect people at all costs. And I'm sure the same thing is happening we're just not getting as much publicity about it with people in his economic council who are saying, you got to open this up, Mr. President. What are you doing? We got to do this. And the president is saying, well, we need to also consider the other side, the medical side. He's the only one in this group that has to consider all of it. Right. And so he has a different responsibility than these people do. That is, that's, that's natural tension, which is normal in one of these conversations. And he's dealing with the other side of the equation where they are telling him, we should be going for 18 months yeah. on shutdown. Exactly. 18 months? We wouldn't have a country left. No. There's nothing, after a year and a half. You're not protecting anything at that I mean, point. The airline industry is gone. The restaurant industry is gone. Yeah. How about, the, how, about the, uh, how about medical innovations? How are those medical, coming along? Right. Yeah. Hotels would be shut down. I mean, we, we, you would shutter so many businesses and lose so many jobs what do you have, 60, 70, 80% in unemployment if you go a year and a half? Oh, yeah. I At mean, it's least. incomprehensible to it consider is. that. The damage would be beyond repair. Now, that doesn't mean we won't be dealing with this in 18 months in some way, right? It's right. possible that that's going on, but you're going to have to come up with a solution better than just shutting everything down for 18 months. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, it, they're talking right now about maybe rolling shutdowns. Yeah. If, some, if something flares up somewhere, maybe you shut down a few things in that area. Yeah. But you don't do that nationwide. Right. Like, I think it makes sense, right? Like, let's say if we were starting again at, 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 at zero, there's mm-hmm. zero cases in the United States, we, and we were able to have all this stuff ramped up. We have tests. We have masks. We have ventilators. We have all the things that have been a struggle. And, and why this time, I think the president was right to buy us this time to, to ramp all that stuff up. But once you have it, if you have an area, you're in Wyoming and you have, uh, you're in an area with no breakouts. If a breakout starts, or an outbreak, I guess, starts uh, of, the, of COVID-19, you are tracing the contacts, you are uh, mm-hmm. isolating the people involved, you are doing everything you can to minimize that outbreak. When you're prepared and you understand how the thing spreads, and we know that, that it's you know, asymptomatic people can spread it and all of these different things, once you know that, you have a chance to stop it. You can't do it. They tried to do it in Los Angeles with all the stuff, the contact tracing and all that. It was too many people had it. It's impossible, mm-hmm. right? That's why the shutdown was something they went with because it was beyond the point that South Korea was. It was beyond the point where Hong Kong was. It was beyond the point where Singapore was. They couldn't yeah. do that approach at that time if you if you can stamp out the initial wave of it get these infections lower you can do it when a new outbreak occurs and that's what i think their target is going to be it was especially difficult because now they're saying that uh it was much more widespread earlier than they than they believed Uh, you know in in other words people had it in california long before they thought anybody had it in california that's what they're supposedly finding now and i i i can well imagine that's true because there were a lot of asymptomatic people yeah there were a lot of people who were just walking around that had it that didn't know they had it and we didn't have the tests at first right right? we know that there was more people where there were more people that had it um but we don't know when they arrived and we don't know what the percentage is and we were not going to know that 
honestly, we're not going to know the full facts of this for a very long time until people are going to go back and do this analysis. This is how you find out how many people were affected is they do analysis after the fact. That's why these things are difficult to deal with. Uh, Fauci, though, and Trump, I don't think either one of them were taking the bait on this from the media. Um, Fauci started off the press conference yesterday uh, refuting uh, reports uh, that Trump uh, didn't listen to him last time. Again, he's in full defense mode of the president here. Listen. The first and only time that Dr. Birx and I went in and formally made a recommendation to the president to actually have a, quote, shutdown in the sense of not really shutdown, but to really have strong mitigation we discussed it. Obviously, there would be concern by some that, in fact, that might have some negative consequences. Nonetheless, the president listened to the recommendation and went to the mitigation. The next second time that I went with Dr. Burks into the president and said, 15 days are not enough. We need to go 30 days. Obviously, there were people who had a problem with that because of the potential secondary effects. Nonetheless, at that time, the president went with the health recommendations. Mm. And and again, remember, Anthony Fauci is in, and I think this is part of the reason he's getting pushback from uh, conservative media, is because he's in this annoying Brad Pitt mode where like the left is trying to make him into this hero that's rescuing Trump from a disaster. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's a media creation. That's not his creation. He has been like that over and over and over again publicly. And think about this, Pat. Guy has an 80 percent approval rating right now. 80 percent. If he wanted to do the James Comey, I'm a martyr thing, he could absolutely do it. And the media would eat it up. Oh, yeah. They would eat it up. They would love it. They would love for him to be able to say, look, I tried over and over again to get him to do these things earlier, and he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't listen. He could write books. He could be every single news program would have him on in this fawning fashion. Mm -hmm. They would be making the videos that Trump made of himself in the press conference (laughs) for Anthony Fauci. And he hasn't done that, right? He may do it in the future. Who knows? But as of this point, he seems to be pretty focused on making sure as few people die as possible. And I'd argue that maybe that's the same thing Trump's focused on. Maybe Trump is also Mm -hmm. focused on not having people die. You know, the media is so constantly uh, in this mode of pressuring the Trump administration to, to make it about this battle between him and the media. And obviously he likes that at some level. You can tell he Mm -hmm. enjoys it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when it comes down to the actual decision making, take out the press conference, take out the words, take out those little silly battles and look at what the guy's done. He is in the middle of his election year, a guy whose entire election argument has focused on how good the economy is. And Donald Trump made the decision to shut down large portions of the economy for six weeks in the middle of the election year taking one of the strongest economies we've ever had and destroying it in a month. What information, what does he think is going to happen? He obviously thinks a lot of human life is at stake. Yes. And it's not just... Otherwise, he, he wouldn't have do, taken that step. Yeah. He, he, yeah nobody absolutely. believes in, the, in wanting the economy open more than Donald Trump. More than I do, more than you do, more than anybody in the audience does. Donald Trump wants this economy open more than anyone does. Mm-hmm. It's just the issue of he's looking at this information and saying, wait a minute... How much human life are we going to look at here? 
Yeah. You know, let's give us some time to be able to ramp up. Make sure. I mean, the fact that we don't have enough masks in the United States is ridiculous. Right now we've had a month to build these things up and we shouldn't have that issue going forward. That's a big advantage when you're facing the next outbreak. And, I, you know, I think he's walked an impossible line pretty freaking well so far. Uh, and and the idea that Fauci needs to go, I think, would be a political problem for, for Trump if he did. It'd be really bad. Uh, yeah. But but also, like, I think so much of this is forced by the media. They continually want to draw a wedge between them because they can't criticize Fauci. Mm-hmm. He, so they can't criticize him. So they want to they want to separate those two so they can praise him and criticize Trump. Shouldn't let him do it. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. All right, so you have worked really hard over the years and saved every penny you could along the way. You're always smart with your business decisions, making sure you only invested wisely and spent frugally. And eventually, as is the great American success story, you ended up becoming pretty wealthy. Congratulations. But then, even though everybody, literally everybody, warned you not to, you ended up buying a tiger refuge and marrying a woman named Carol. Now, that is not necessarily great decision-making. Um, and you might be a little embarrassed by it, but not nearly as embarrassing as having to talk to your doctor about ED. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Process is simple and discreet. Go to GetRoman.com slash Beck and complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it roman is built for this era man you're ordering everything from home they've been doing this the right way for a long time just go to getroman.com slash beck get a free online visit and free two-day shipping getroman.com slash beck for a free visit to get started it's getroman.com slash beck tomorrow night at 9 p.m eastern on glenn tv americans are vulnerable and snake oil salesmen in the form of democrats are knocking at our doors claiming they have a cure for coronavirus socialist health care. But how has that worked for countries in Europe? With sky-high unemployment, many are saying that France's long-running experiment with socialism is failing. With the health of America's future at stake, Glenn reveals the real cure. Watch Arguing with Healthcare Socialists tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program, 888-727-BECK. Uh, you know who's been amazing lately? Christy Nome, mm. the South Dakota governor. Um, she's done a lot of things right. And uh, that speech that she made at the press conference last week was one of the best gubernatorial speeches I've ever seen, probably. Uh, now she's going to test hydroxychloroquine in her state just to get the scientific information that everybody says we don't have any access to, that it's never been done. Well, she's going to do it and see if it actually works. You're listening to Glenn Beck.
You know, with all the uncertainty in the world, feeling safe at home has never been more important. And that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe has made it easy to finally get protection for your home. You just order online, you set it up yourself in under an hour, and your home is protected 24 7 with emergency dispatch for break ins and more. All for 50 cents a day. Right now, if you head to simplysafebeck.com, you're going to get a free Simply Safe security camera. It's simplysafebeck.com. Mm-hmm. We also need to talk to you about Rough Greens here so we can pay the bills so we can talk to you about other things. Uh, Rough Greens, of course, is, a, is great because we were talking about my dog, Miles, uh, Pat's dog, uh, little Bell. fluffy rat, uh, mm-hmm. Bell. Little uh, Bell. Little Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the glorified rat. Yes. <laughs> eats Rough Greens. Um, I know Glenn's dog, Uno, does as well. Uh, you know, look, it is, it's one of those things where the dog food that normally is out there needs to have a long shelf life. It doesn't have all these natural, like, live things that you'd love to have in dog food. Well, you can have them with Rough Greens. It makes your dog feel better. Um, it is a, uh, it's, it is one of those things that helps your dog with energy, and you notice it. You notice it. Um, these are all things that your dog needs uh, and are healthy. Uh, healthy microbacteria, all the stuff. Uh, go to, uh, what is it, roughgreens.com. Um, you know, where is it here? We're going to take the 14-day Rough Greens uh, Challenge, fourteen ninety-five. Uh, see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. Uh, go to roughgreens.com slash back, r-u-f-f-greens.com slash back, roughgreens.com slash back. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Great to have you with us. Uh, Joe Biden, obviously the presumptive nominee at this point. Um, And uh, interesting article written over the weekend, I think it was. Was it Saturday or was it Sunday in the New York Times about the accusation against him that he sexually assaulted a woman on his staff in 1993? Uh, We'll get into what the New York Times had to say about that uh, coming up in just a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. For the time being, at least, it looks like we've kind of said goodbye to the free market. I mean, who needs it? It's a little bit too daunting anyway. As local and state forces across the country continue to fly these sort of power-grabbing missions all over the Constitution... The Fed seems bound and determined to spend us into oblivion before we can really look up and notice. So pretty soon we might all be standing in, I don't know. I mean, like, sometimes bread's really good and, and standing in a line isn't that rough for it. You don't mind. In a know? bread line? It's just a line for bread. Well, I think if you call it a bread line, it sounds really bad. Yeah, but right. If it's, it's a, the bread was so good, there was a line for it. <laughs> sounds pretty good. Well, Bernie Sanders said it was a really good thing. That's right. Because <laughs> at least they have food. At least they have food. <laughs> uh, well, in our country, people, poor people starve to death. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, we have to make smart decisions. We know that going forward um, and make sure that people around us uh, encourage them to do the same. There's really not a lot of margin of error right now, but one of the smart things you can do is put a portion of your financial portfolio into precious metals. I've done that. I know Glenn's done that as well. World gold supplies are at a low right now, but the cost of gold is rising and there are still places that can supply it. Goldline is one of the rare places that can do it. Um, Certainly, it's the one that we've trusted. It's where I bought my gold. Uh, It's where Glenn buys his as well. Take the time to do your homework. Give them a call today. 
let's rebuild the free market. What do you say? Now's the time. 866-GOLDLINE is the place to call. Get you, get you information that you need. Make your a smart decision based on the information. They'll help you out understanding all the ins and outs of this. 866-GOLDLINE is the number to call. 866-GOLDLINE. Give them a call right now. So the New York Times <laughs> supposedly looked into Joe Biden's sexual assault of uh, the woman back in 1993 that was on his staff. And, I mean, it was pretty blatant. Uh, when you listen to her story, she sounded she sounded really believable, I thought. Uh, I certainly believed her. Yeah, I mean, I it's tough, right? Because <laughs> it's an accusation from... 27 years ago. 27 that years is, ago. That's a problem. Yeah. And, I, you know, again, I don't mm-hmm. know how you can litigate those things 27 years later. It's almost impossible. Now, I know there is one system to do it, which is the Kavanaugh model, which is you just believe anything the person says, proof or not. Right. And say that it's uh, in- unconscionable for anyone to allow a person like Brett Kavanaugh to ever exist in polite society again. That's one model, and it's the model that the left has adopted for every conservative or Republican. Uh, until now, mm-hmm. at least. Because people like, I don't know, Alyssa Milano were saying, oh yeah, women, and Hillary Clinton, women deserve to be believed. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, do men not deserve due process? Because they're being accused of something pretty serious here. Should at least go through the process, yeah, right? right. And that wasn't the case with uh, Brett Kavanaugh. But now, all of a sudden, oh yeah, wait, 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 wait. I mean, you should take him seriously, but you don't believe him automatically. Yeah, that was the Alyssa Milano line. Uh, right. I love that because it's what you're arguing for is the conservative standard. Yes. What we're saying is when someone, a woman says she's been abused, you take that claim seriously. Mm-hmm. You encourage it. And this is very important. Important part of this. You encourage it to come out as soon afterward as possible. Uh, ideally with authorities, not through mm-hmm. the media. And you go through the evidence and try to understand what happened. And if someone is guilty after a due process uh, situation, then you're very excited to throw them in prison for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, conservatives have always been asking for. It's what we, the standard we wanted for Brett Kavanaugh, right? Yes. I don't, there was no one that I knew of that was like, gosh, I, 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 I mean, Brett probably did this, but I, you know, look, <laughs> I hope he gets away with it because he's going to be a good vote <laughs> of the Supreme Court. I know no one who thought that no, way. No, There's a tons of Supreme Court justices. Frankly, others that I would have picked besides Brett Kavanaugh, um, just because of his mm-hmm. voting record, nothing to do with his his high school drinking habits. But like, it was unfair. He was obviously qualified for the job, and you can't give in to the left and the media dogpiling on Brett Kavanaugh without any evidence. Right? There's much, seriously, much, much more evidence that Joe Biden did this than Brett Kavanaugh did what he was accused of oh yeah it's, it's not even remotely close mm-hmm. uh, she actually told one of her friends at the time in 1993 that this occurred she also told um her her mom which we can't uh quantify because uh, her mom is is no longer with us but uh so well we can even throw that one away but told two other people as well one in 2008 and another back i think at the time so you have and they've all corroborated yeah they've all story. corroborated yeah no one's no one said yeah unlike you know for example one of the michael avenatti uh, accusers who said you know who might know is, is this person 
And then they asked this person. They're like, actually, I don't know who you're talking about. Who's this? I don't know the name you're referring to. Didn't even, <laughs> not only did you not know about the incident, but didn't know about the actual person <laughs> who was making the accusation. <laughs> it wasn't like that. This is one where she seemingly is, is backed, uh, backed up by, as they would call it, contemporaneous um, uh, testimony. Yeah. And it is a situation where if this was a Republican, it would be rock solid 100% proof that they did this. That, it were, that is absolutely mm-hmm. true. If, this, if Joe Biden was a Republican, the media would be handling this completely differently and oh. assuming guilt at every level. No doubt about it. So it's important to note, it's not just some flimsy, wild-eyed accusation. But that being said, even though I don't want Joe Biden to be president, he deserves due process. He deserves a presumption of innocence. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you come out 27 years later and say something occurred that there is no way to show any evidence of, that is, to me, not enough to destroy a person's life, a person's career, a person's political aspirations. And it's particularly suspicious when it's against a powerful figure. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this guy's running for president right now. He's the Democratic nominee for president. And of course, you have to have some level of suspicion as to whether it's true. And, and in the, the, the media would not allow for that during Kavanaugh. Oh, why, would, why would... Joe Biden would not allow for it. His, his quote was like, any woman who would stand up in the fire of the, of the public eye deserves to be... <laughs> the assumption needs to be that the essence of their story is correct. Right. Not now. Not now. Not no, now. Not according to his campaign. Mm. No, Joe categorically denies that this happened. Well, Joe has never, he's not addressed it. And it's fascinating to me that nobody asks him oh, about it. Thank you. Nobody Cause, asks him. Because I was listening to, the New York Times did a big story on this. Finally. It took uh, 20, 20 days, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, from the accusation. They decided to finally follow up on it and understand it. Which is interesting, because if it was made against a Republican day one, there's a new oh, story about yeah. it. The next Just day. Just outlining the allegations uh-huh. without question, and at the very end, there'd be like, the Trump administration denied the claims. Right? Like, that's all you'd get from the other side. It would just be, a, and it would be a cinematic telling of it. You know, she walked into the dark room with a fire burning into the corner. The yes. cold steel of the table. <laughs> you would have had the whole, it would have felt like a movie. Mm-hmm. You would have been able to picture yourself there. And you would have pictured Donald Trump doing this to this woman. Instead, it's a police blotter of an article. Yep. She claims this. She claims this. She claims this. They claim this. They claim this. It's like, it's nothing. It's just, it's not even a story. It's just like a bunch of claims. And, and the fact that people who currently work for Joe Biden or people who worked for Joe Biden back in the day say they don't remember anything like it. They yeah. can't, of course, disprove it. But they say they don't remember anything. But like there's it. no pattern of <laughs> sexual assault in, in Joe Biden's past. I love this. And then at the very end, they outline the pattern of Joe Biden's sexual assault yes. with, with people, with women who have been, you know, uncomfortable and who have made claims that uh, he he did sexually assault them in some way. Right. The, Whether through a kiss that was unwanted or touching that's unwanted. Here's the initial tweet. And this was this is uh, also in the story. You should know initially and then was changed. Here's what they said. No other allegation about a sexual assault surfaced in the course of our reporting, nor did any former Biden staff corroborate Reed's allegation. We found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Biden. 
beyond hugs, kisses, and touching <laughs> that women previously Be- beyond said. Beyond the pattern that we've found. Right. And that's uh, an issue with patterns. <laughs> you can't throw out all previous evidence and ever have a pattern, right? right? A pattern is something that is repeated. So if you throw out all the other examples you have of it, nothing can be a pattern. Yes. This is, yes. they had, obviously, there is an issue that Joe has with being a little handsy. Yeah. Uh, it's been joked about for a very long time. And we've seen the pattern repeat itself over and over and over again. It and, is a pattern. Know, bike women uh, sitting on his lap <laughs> in a bar. I mean, there's all kinds of... The the Senate uh, greeting thing that he does yeah. with the new senators and, and congressmen. Oof. They come in and he's all over their families and stuff. It's weird. Yeah. And, it's and, been weird. And it was a jokey thing for a very long time among conservatives and Republicans who mm-hmm. just know it was weird. Yes. It changed into something else when seven individual women came out and said it really made us feel uncomfortable. Like, right. it wasn't a joke to them. They did really didn't like it yeah and now, especially this one person who was on the and she was one staff. of the seven yeah yeah so the new york times talked to her back when they were doing this initial story and they seemed to claim that she brought up additional things other than just a little hair sniffing um and uh you know uncomfortable touching but because they couldn't get any corroboration they didn't put it in the story well here we are uh you know wow what a later. difference from kavanaugh oh yeah they had no corroboration no. at all remember and put with, it in the stories anyway. Yeah, remember with Kavanaugh, wow. not only did we not have the time it happened, Jeez. we didn't even have the location it happened. Right. And if my memory serves me, I don't know that we ever had any information that they ever met. Do we no, ever I, know that, that Kavanaugh did, and, and Blasey Ford met when they were in high so. school? I don't think so. I don't remember. I, I mean, it's possible I'm forgetting details there, but I don't remember that being the case. Mm. So there's much more information here. The Times uh, was asked, and, and, and actually uh, gives some credit to, uh, to Ben Smith, who he used to be the guy who ran BuzzFeed. He's over at the New York Times now. He did a, a, an interview basically with the Times, asking the Times, his own employer, what the hell happened here exactly? <laughs> uh, you know, his first question was, Tara Reid made her alleg- uh, allegation on uh, March 25th. Why not cover it then as breaking news? That is an interesting one because you don't have Isn't to have it? a full investigation done the day she makes the investigation, but you don't even report on it. Right. No passing story. Uh, and listen to this answer by this is uh, uh, the what's this actual position here? Uh, the executive editor of The Times. This is his answer. Lots of people covered it as breaking news at the time. First of all, come on. What? Right wing blogs. Right. Like there were mm-hmm. not a lot of people who covered it that way in the mainstream media. Because lots of people covered it as breaking news at the time. And Plus, I just, aren't you the paper of record? Right. Uh, Wouldn't you want to be part of that breaking news? Of course. Right? You'd think. Yes. Lots of people covered it as breaking news at the time. And I just thought nobody other than The Intercept was actually doing the reporting to help people figure out what to make of it. My gosh. So the New York Times is now it's ceding unreal. its authority to The Intercept? Wow. To say, oh, well, look, The Intercept had it, so we didn't need to do anything on it? <laughs> I don't even what know it, what The uh, Intercept is. Right. It's a, I think it's Glenn Greenwald's uh, uh, thing. Which, oh, okay. And, like, you All know, right. again, the no <laughs> knock on The Intercept, right? I mean, yeah, it's just not. But, like, would they say, you know what, look, we just did, we, we saw The Blaze was covering it, and we were just like, ah, The Blaze has got it. Just like, let them have this one. Like, that's not what you do no, in the news not. business. No, it is not. Everyone writes about the same stories every day. Just like the New York Times does every day. Then the other admission that they've made mm-hmm. is absolutely staggering. Stunning. Uh, we'll tell you about that in 60 seconds. 
unbelievable. <laughs> this one is incredible, actually. Because it's just the fact, it's not the fact that it happened, it's just the fact that they're actually admitting it. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Amazing. Uh, when it comes to identity theft, I think we too often hear the light cases. You know, someone gets his or her card stolen, has the bank shut off. I had one where someone uh, bought a Papa John's pizza in Arizona on my dime. On my freaking dime. I don't know why that would be your target, but that's what it was. Um, imagine, though, if someone stole your identity long enough to ruin your entire financial life. It happens all the time, and it's important to understand how common cybercrime is and how it's affecting our lives, especially right now when the world is crazy and everyone's at home using the internet all day long. You're, you know, that's all you're doing. And by the way, all the hackers, they're probably at home too, extra bored. Like, they're not out at their, like, uh, all night, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what hackers do for fun. I feel like on, um, what was that show that was on USA Network? The one where they were hacking the the financial system all the time. Ugh, I can't think of the stupid name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that they would be like at like all night drug raves or something. I don't know if every hacker does that, but whatever they're doing now, they're bored. Someone's identity is stolen every two seconds and you could miss out on certain threats if you're only monitoring your credit. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity thefts and, and their dedicated team of professionals will alert you and help you solve it if they detect your information is being stolen. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see threats that you might miss out on your own. Join now, save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com and use promo code BECK for 25% off. It's lifelock.com. The promo code is BECK. 10 seconds, station ID. Was the was the hacking show Mr. Robot? Yes, Mr. Yes. Robot. Ugh, that would have bothered me all day. Thank you, yeah. Pat. Yeah, no problem. Uh, all right. So the New York Times made some stunning admissions in the story. Uh, one was that they just ceded the coverage to the Intercept and others. Yeah, it's been covered by other people. We don't need to. <laughs> and the other one is. That they actually changed the story the way it read Mm -hmm. because the Biden campaign asked them to and worked with them on the language that they were going to use in the story. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, Wow. What? Are you serious? I saw, you know, there were tweets about uh, after the original story ran, there were tweets that that said things like, um, okay, uh, you must have. It must have taken you a long time to iron out the language here with the Biden campaign. Ha ha ha. They did. Ha ha ha. They did. <laughs> I mean, it's a legitimate admission. Yeah. The executive editor of the New York Times asked this question. I want to ask about some edits that were made after publication and the deletion of the second half of the sentence. The Times found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Mr. Biden. Beyond the hugs, kisses, touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. (laughs) Why did you do that? Good question by Ben Smith. I got to give him Mm -hmm. some credit on that. Um, The answer. Even though a lot of us, including me, had looked at it before the story went into the paper, I think that the campaign thought that the phrasing was awkward and made it look like there were other instances in which he had been accused of sexual misconduct. Yeah, and that's not what, that the sentences, what the sentence was intended to say. Well, oh it gosh. said it. You know, I mean, I, I think the, the line they're trying to draw here is most of the people who accused Biden of the inappropriate touching 
said they didn't believe it was a sexual thing, right? Like he was just handsy and in their space and they didn't like it. Now, that's not the case with Tara Reid, who was one of the seven women. We should mm-hmm. be clear here. Um, but many of the other women said, look, I, I'm not saying he was trying to feel me up. It just made me feel uncomfortable. He's very much in my personal space. He was doing things that I didn't like, and that's not okay. Yeah. That was, that was, that's the distinction they're trying to draw here. However, again, we all know if it was a Republican, it would not be true. You would not get the benefit of the doubt. If it was Trump, would they have worked with the Trump campaign on the language of the story? No. Oh, gosh, no. Uh, The Trump campaign was uncomfortable with uh, some of the language in the story, so... Now, we changed it for him behind it. Yeah, it's not incredible. It's, it certainly wouldn't be admitted. No, it would not. Behind the scenes, there's always a push and pull between campaigns and uh, news sources. One of the weirdest things I remember learning getting into this business is how many of the stories are not actually reported stories by the paper. Like the New York Times writes a story and you're thinking, wow, they had you picture like the movie. What is it? Spotlight. Where they're uh, they're going and they're like uncovering the truth of the Catholic Church abuses, or like mm-hmm. they're like you know it's or, or uh, you know Watergate, right? Like they're they're in, they're getting contacts inside the White House and they're working them in parking garages. So many 90 percent of the stories you read, plus very rare are there exceptions to this where where they're not the the spark is not started by someone involved. Where like a PR person from the opposing campaign will call and say, hey, you know, this this person here, they've they've been saying this behind the scenes. You should know about it. Then the reporter calls the person and says, hey, I've been hearing uh, that this is going on. Is this true? And the story builds from there. Like the story is it's essentially reverse engineered. They're told the story in advance and then they, you know, maybe go do reporting and check it out and see how they can further it. And it may just be a tip. But like, it's not like, it's not, a lot of it comes from the opposition. A lot of it comes from uh, friendly sources where they'll say, you know, look, did you know this is going on? This is one of our big achievements no one's talking about. And they leak it to the reporters. The reporters do their due diligence and say, okay, that is true. And then they print it as a story. Um, That is the, there's a, the, the flow goes in reverse than I think a lot of people realize it does. Well, the situation like this is they're going out, they're letting the intercept lead the the reporting for some reason, which is not something that happens. Mm -hmm. The New York Times could write a short story and refer to the Intercept's reporting. They would do something like that relatively normally. But to just like seed all coverage of it and not mention it at all for multiple weeks is not normal. No, it is not. And then to say and admit that, yeah, basically the campaign called us, said they didn't like the wording, so we changed the wording. That's incredible. That's an incredible admission for the New York Times. Not maybe to us, but to them. Like, that's not something they should be doing on record. <laughs> I wouldn't think so, no. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> All right. Uh, 888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn <clears throat> Beck. If you've been mowing your yard so far this year with anything other than a Hustler Turf zero-turn mower, you have been depriving yourself of the ultimate in mowing experiences. Hustler started off making high-quality, industrial-level mowers, so you've seen them for years out of the corner of your eye anytime you pass professional crews. But they decided it was time to bring industrial-level quality to everybody else. And now their fine mowers are available at any level. 
Hustler mowers are built to withstand a punishing. I mean, they're, they're very durable. They've been uh, over-tested to practically to the moon and back. We live uh, in, a, in a different time now. Everyone's having to adjust. You're spending a lot more time outside. Um, Hustler Turf is, of course, no different. Their dealers are implementing some changes, such as free delivery of your Hustler mower, appointments for outside demos, live walkthrough uh, videos, um, and, of course, uh, you can even finance or pay for a new mower all over the phone. Hustler Turf zero-turn lowers are made in America with global parts. Uh, you can uh, make an, get an extra year of extended warranty coverage by going to hustlerturf.com, clicking on the radio offer at the top right-hand corner. Then enter the name Beck in the box for details about the warranty offer. Hustler Tur- Turf zero-turn lawnmowers at hustlerturf.com. Need a good read while stuck in quarantine? Grab Glenn's new book, Arguing Socialists, which is out right now. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn, who is out sick today. He claims not from COVID-19. That was his claim in the email this morning. He said, I'm not going to be in, not feeling well. And then in all capital letters, it's not coronavirus. Has he been tested? How does he know? I don't know. How does he know? This is exactly how it starts. Mm -hmm. Someone claims they don't have it, and then it starts spreading all over the place. (laughs) Uh, He's basically a a horseshoe bat in Wuhan, is how I think of Glenn right now. (laughs) He's just, he's patient zero. So stay at home. Do not come in for any reason. Uh, Glenn, uh, hopefully we'll be back on the air tomorrow from a, a safe distance from you and uh and his microphone um jeremy dice is with us jeremy is a special counsel at first liberty institute uh, and uh also a a well-known earnest goes to camp aficionado uh (laughs) he is on the program program with us now that's not the first thing that you mentioned because that's Mm -hmm. that's the bigger issue right there it is we could spend the whole segment on any (laughs) variation of earnest movies if you if you'd prefer jeremy no, there's only three to discuss, of course. But uh, you know, I'm glad to be known for my, my 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 profound knowledge of pop culture in this regard. But let's get on to things that I may want to be more respected for. Yeah, it's possible. Um, see, there is uh, some pretty obviously serious stuff going on right now, outside of just what we're dealing with with the with the virus itself. There is a, an instinct by a lot of people uh, who have a new grip on power and and seemingly uh, no nothing's stopping them from wielding it and what we're seeing now in the world of faith and the restrictions from people worshiping even when it comes to driving their car and doing a car-based service we're seeing restrictions on that and it's something i know you're following very closely we, we are and i i think you framed this exactly right that there is uh, look i think all americans understood the need to kind of pump the brakes for a second during this pandemic and and begin to uh, to, to figure out okay what's the lie of the land what we got to do here to make sure this stops why because americans are very tolerant people and not only that they're very loving people they want to make sure their fellow man is safe and their neighbor is well loved and and so yes they're willing to slam the brakes in some respects to make sure that everybody is safe but when you give and this is just a lesson of history when you give uh, a little bit of power back to a central form of government that that becomes uh, a little bit more than than a little uh, after a little while here, and, and so you've got municipalities around the country, and don't forget there's some forty thousand or more of these municipalities around the country, cities or counties or what have you, that are are, are then imbued with more power to to try to be you know uh, demonstrating a little bit more authority than the last guy, and, and so it comes down to people like the mayor of Greenville, Mississippi, where 
uh, he's, he's put in an order there that says that churches cannot meet even with a drive-in service. And, and why? Well, he said yesterday at a press conference, reaffirming his commitment to this unconstitutional order, that, uh, well, people are too friendly. They can they get out of the car and they're going to talk to each other. And specifically, Christians are too friendly and they no. can't stay in their cars. <laughs> well, this is a real problem. If you're parked in your car, number one, I don't think we've known that the, the virus can actually travel through glass and steel yet. <laughs> but uh, they, they've specifically targeted cars parked at church parking lots, not at the Sonic Drive-In, not at the Walmart parking lot, not at the liquor store, but specifically churches. And on top of all that, last Thursday when our client in Greenville went to have his drive-in services on Thursday evening, the entire shift of the police force for Greenville, uh, Mississippi, showed up. That that's concerning to me. I mean, when all the police officers that are on duty that shift show up to a church to possibly ticket every individual in those cars five hundred dollars for daring to drive from their home with the windows up, park in a church parking lot to hear their pastor preach through the open air, five hundred dollars per person. Is this America anymore? This is the kind of thing that that has to be to put up with. It cannot be put up with. We're willing to put up with reasonable restrictions for a temporary period of time. This is not reasonable, nor is it equally applied. When you can park at a liquor store but not at a church parking lot, that is clear evidence of discrimination. It really is crazy. Uh, you know, I think there is an aspect of this where you know the American people can understand. Most churches, I think, are saying, "Look." you know, watch us online for a few weeks and, you know, it's okay. Um, so th- I think most people are choosing to do this uh, in, you know, they're pr- trying to practice as, as safely as possible. It, to me, it makes me nervous if there's any restriction from government on worship at all. I know that if they came and they said, look, we're not going to allow you to buy guns during this period, I would have a huge problem with it. Just because, uh, you know, Christians are sort of, you know, as you point out, nice people and want to do the best things for everybody else. That doesn't necessarily, um, it, it doesn't make it okay for them to be restricting this in any way. What is the, what is the traditional role here in this type of situation, um, you know, for the state to be able to intercede this way? Do they have any right to do any of this stuff? Yeah, certainly the state does have a compelling justification here, right? And that's what's necessary for the state to enforce or or to kind of put on hold our our First Amendment rights or any of our constitutional rights for that matter. And so a worldwide pandemic is going to almost always be upheld uh, in any court there is around the country. But that, that, that justification has to be met very narrowly and very equally applied. In other words, um, if there are lesser ways to be able to control the pandemic, the government has to follow those. And it, but on top of all that, and or much more basically, it can't say, well, look, cars parked at a liquor store are fine, <laughs> but church parking lots are wrong. You know, we, we had the same issue in Louisville, Kentucky last week, and uh, we filed a lawsuit last Friday. And uh, you know, overnight, the judge there, Judge Walker, turned out a, a really fabulous opinion to remind everybody of how overreaching the city of Louisville had become and, and put a temporary restraining order against them. In fact, we're going to have a hearing in a few minutes here uh, to turn that in, we hope, to a preliminary injunction of, to fully enforce that. But, but it's again, it's a demonstration that the city of Louisville, who was going to send out their police officers to take down license plates numbers and then force anyone parked in a church parking lot on Easter Sunday morning into a 14-day quarantine period, I mean, goodness gracious, that is not the kind of thing that we expect our police officers to be doing in the United States of America in 2020. 
that that's that is certainly not the level of freedom that we so look while there may be some reason for a temporary restriction on some large in-person gatherings <clears throat> i think you're hearing america wondering wait a minute is this temporary anymore and how long is this going to last and on top of all that why are they being so targeted at churches and not anywhere else? That doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, as if the virus somehow uh, targets churches themselves instead of (laughs) liquor stores. Well, there are a couple of instances where there have been some other weird restrictions, like uh, the Chicago mayor said that if you're found outside, then you can be ticketed. Or uh, like in Philadelphia the other day, where 10 cops dragged a guy off a bus because he wasn't wearing a mask. Is it, I mean, can law enforcement really enforce uh, restrictions uh, that are that severe? I guess we're going to find out. I mean, I assume it was it was Stuart Pat, one of you guys that were out paddle boarding in the Pacific Ocean and got dragged <laughs> into the store by the police as well. I mean, it, it's it's incredible where where the police are, are given uh, greater authority somehow right now during the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Maybe what the virus has done for all of us has provided a, a bit of a, a cultural truth serum to find out exactly where. Uh, what do we really believe about freedom, and what does that mean for us all? Look, let me just talk in the area of religious liberty, since that's kind of where I spend my life. You know, we're kind of living out the left's vision for religious freedom, or what they call the the freedom to worship right now. Uh, Do church at home, inside your house. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can access it virtually, but don't you dare bring it into your place of worship, uh, in place of work, or take it to school, or into the military with you. Don't, Don't get outside the four walls of your home Keep it locked down, and and if you appear in public, the police are going to come out and and disperse your group and ticket you if you do. This is not the vision of the Founding Fathers. This this is not what we intended to have as religious liberty in the long haul. And so I think it's important for us to stop and look around. This is the vision of the left right now. This is not the vision that our Founding Fathers had. This is not the vision that we've been living for 200-plus years in the United States of America. This is not the level of freedom that you and I not only expect, but are due under not only the, the Constitution, but our Declaration of Independence. This is, this is not the freedom that we have, have uh, ordered our lives by. I think part of this, too, is when they talk about essential businesses. And by the way, they, I, I don't think any governor has, has been daring enough to not include alcohol, which is really bizarre. I mean, I, the liquor store, I think, in every state is protected <laughs> as an essential business, which, I mean, I understand we're stressed out here, but I don't know that that's necessarily as important as other constitutionally guaranteed rights. Uh, but when it comes to church, you know, it, it not only, I think, has a, an, ef- an effect as far as constitutionally and what the right thing to do is to allow people to worship if they're taking, you know, normal precautions and doing the best that they can. But in addition, if you want people to voluntarily uh, do these, uh, this large swath of, of restrictions and life changes, giving them a foundational thing they can still connect to is actually going to help uh, us all kind of if we're in the middle of a shut-in it's going to help us because we're going to have some outlet we're going to have some way to stay sane we're going to have some sort of foundational basis that we can get to and making an enemy out of the churches and the pastors around this country strikes me as a terrible idea for the government and, and for the culture at large look that the government is not really very capable at providing care call and comfort that actually is the domain of the church. And our houses of worship have proven over millennia the ability to provide that level of comfort and care and, and calm amidst pandemics and, and epidemics and wars and everything like that. 
And so for the government to kind of kick them aside as if they're some sort of needless appendage, as if they're the, uh, you know, the appendix of the, the culture around us that is not really needed and we don't know why they're, they're even here, that strikes me as uh, extremely not only intolerant of religion, but in some respects really hostile towards religion as a whole. And so again, I think the, the virus is revealing here some biases that were deep hidden amongst some politicians and are coming out. Look, Mayor de Blasio a couple of weeks ago, and I really kind of feel badly of, of kind of pushing against a, a mayor who has had a lot of stuff going on in their city. But I mean, he comes out and says, hey, you know, if these synagogues don't abide by my orders, I'm going to send the health department out. and We're going to permanently shut them down, mm-hmm. permanently shut down synagogues. Is this America in 2020? That's never going to fly into the Constitution. And the worst thing is that, to my knowledge, I don't think the mayor has actually walked those comments back. No, I don't think he has. And it's it's interesting when you think back to what's been going on in this country for a while from some uh, on the left. They have been setting the stage for this kind of thing. I know Tammy Baldwin um Senator Baldwin from Wisconsin said a couple of years ago that your your rights uh, to freedom of religion don't extend much beyond either the church house or your own house. And that's pretty much where they stay. Uh, so they've been and so did so did uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz say virtually the same thing. Mm-hmm. So they've been setting up uh, this attack against religion and and trying to minimize the First Amendment as much as they possibly can. Now, I think they see their opportunity with this with this pandemic that they can maybe take some steps to shut it down. It's a shame. And what do they shut down the process? Well, roughly about a, a trillion and a half in socioeconomic relief that the faith-based organizations, churches, synagogues, and the like provide to this country. When, when those charitable dollars and those charitable actions dry up, then that has to go and fall on something and somewhere. And it's going to probably go to central planning again at the, at the, uh, at the governmental level. And that's going to result in what? Greater taxes, uh, less uh, opportunity, and, and less uh, good being done to our community here. That's why I think it was very critical for the president to include, or the, the Congress to include within the CARES Act, some relief for these uh, nonprofit organizations. And yet, my gracious, you would have thought you would have to move a mountain in order to, to be able to have pastors the ability to, uh, to to find relief for their churches within the midst of this uh, this coronavirus outbreak, or faith-based institutions who feed children around the mm. world be able to take part in the relief of the, the CARES Act. That was as if that was an incredible fight within the Congress and, and within the administration, or at least within the rules afterwards. Yeah. Thank goodness that all resulted in, in, in relief that are going to be able to continue those charitable acts. Otherwise, you and I and our tax dollars are going to be having to pick up that bill. And Jeremy Dice, uh, Special Counsel, First Liberty Institute, in the middle of fighting all these battles right now, also hosts the First Liberty Briefing. Jeremy, thanks for coming on the show, man. My pleasure. It's always good to be here, guys. All right. Back in just a second. First, I'm going to tell you about Mercury Real Estate. Now, you know that the media would have you believe that everywhere in America is a giant apocalypse, uh, just like you know, uh, areas of New York are right now. It's just, you know, it's not true. Look, there's a lot of people have been affected much more and much less by this pandemic. Uh, there's different situations in different areas. And while there are very few places that are completely business as usual, the American economy does soldier on. If you happen to be in the market to sell your home or buy one or both, you need to check out realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a company Glenn started years ago as a free service because, you know, we know that the it could be filled with hassles, the process of actually buying a home and finding the right real estate agent. 
you need to find someone who knows the area, who knows what they're doing, and can get you into your home uh, or out of your home in the smoothest, uh, best possible way. Now more than ever, you're going to need to find the best agents to help you navigate the tricky waters ahead. The agents who work with realestateagentsitrust.com know and execute the best practices, and they're in it to win it for you. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're buying or selling a home, realestateagentsitrust.com. Tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Glenn TV, Americans are vulnerable, and snake oil salesmen in the form of Democrats are knocking at our doors claiming they have a cure for coronavirus. Socialist healthcare. But how has that worked for countries in Europe? With sky-high unemployment, many are saying that France's long-running experiment with socialism is failing. With the health of America's future at stake, Glenn reveals the real cure. Watch Arguing with Healthcare Socialists tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK if you'd like to uh, give us a call. Uh, it looks like, uh, you know, Boris Johnson has been released, I think, from the hospital now, right? Yeah. He's, he's mm-hmm. at home recovering uh, whatever is left over from, from the COVID-19. But he says it could have gone either way. It's he close. was in real mm-hmm. trouble with that virus, uh, which is why he was in the ICU unit. But we, we were always told he was like, stable but apparently that wasn't exactly <laughs> exactly accurate that's that's amazing that's that's frightening uh this disease certainly doesn't discriminate it'll it'll take anybody it comes in contact with triple eight seven two seven beck you're listening to glenn beck glenn beck program Pat and Stu for Glenn, who's a little bit under the weather today, but uh, he claims it's not COVID-related. <laughs> we'll see, I guess. Now, they won't even test you, right, if you don't have a fever. I don't think you can even get the test, because they won't waste it on you if right. you don't have the fever, at least. Yeah, we're only we're only testing people who have some symptoms of COVID-19 at this point. Yeah. We need to get to a point where we're doing more than that, so we can really understand how many people right. have had it and stuff, but that's coming. But as of right now, we're still just testing people who who have actually showing specific symptoms. We'll tell you some amazing statistics coming up in about 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mm. So on top of hopefully still having a job, you've also become a full-time chef. Congratulations. A full-time school teacher. Yay, another job. And a full-time fight referee. Uh, I'd imagine if your house is anywhere near as crazy as mine right now, uh, you're a little exhausted uh, to the bone most days. It happens. And when you're that exhausted, it's hard to keep a close eye on some other things like what your kids are doing online or who might be taking advantage of them being hooked up to the Internet way more than usual. We've been talking about Norton 360 for a while now. Uh, Norton is dedicated to your cyber safety and they want to do their part uh, to help. That's why they're giving away six months of Norton Family for free. With Norton Family, you can help monitor your kids' online activities, block sites they shouldn't see, see what websites they're visiting, and a whole lot more. Plus, you'll keep your kids safe online with Norton Family. Norton is committed to keep uh, your family safer online. You can get Norton Family for six months free right now. Six months free 
and no payment information is required. It's a great deal. Sign up today at Norton.com slash family. That's Norton.com slash family. Protect your family online during this crisis. Norton.com slash family. So, Stu, how hard up are you for sports right now? I It's immeasurable. I, I'm almost to the point where I just can't take it anymore. Uh, which is why, was it Saturday? Yeah, I think Saturday, it was a uh, an old BYU football games day. Watched both uh, BYU-USC from last season. And then the Mangum Miracle at Memorial, BYU over uh, Nebraska <laughs> in 2015 on the last second Hail Mary. Uh, today, my plan is to watch BYU-Miami from 1990. Mm. And that's how desperate I am oh, for any kind of sports right now. Just oh. give me a sport. I uh, spent a very long time watching uh, 1993's World Series Game 6, the greatest baseball game ever played. Oh, did you? Uh, yes, where the, uh, the Blue Toronto Jays, Blue Jays uh, did beat the Phillies okay. uh, on a last, sec- uh, uh, last uh, walk-off home run by Joe Carter. Uh, obviously, greatest game ever played. Walk around the World yeah. Series. Everyone knows it. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. You'll just you'll dive into anything. I, I also watched um, a good chunk of the Eagles Giants game when uh, the miracle of the Meadowlands two, where Deshaun <laughs> okay, well, Jackson. What returned. year was this? This was oh god, two thousand. So it wasn't Super Bowl year. No, it okay. was it was a game where the Eagles were down twenty four. <laughs> I think it was thirty one to seven. They came all the oh, way wow. back, tied the game. And then uh, on the last play of the game, the Giants had to punt, punted it stupidly to Deshaun Jackson, who first fumbled, regained control, and then ran back for a touchdown to win the game on the last play, 38-31. Uh, I may have watched some of that, too. I, <laughs> you I am, may have. You yeah, can't remember? Have. I can't remember sure. exactly. I can't oh, remember any of the okay. details of the game. Um, but it is that thing where we are begging for anything. Just please. Sports. Give us anything. To the point of, like, I'm not a big golf guy. I'll watch the Masters maybe on the final round. Mm-hmm. I've been to a couple of tournaments like in person, which are really fun. I think you went last year, didn't you? Uh, yeah, last year, last yeah, last yeah. couple of years of the PGA Championship, which is. But how old were you last year? I, I mean, when people uh, went to live sporting events, it's not, I, it feels like a I don't thousand know if I was even ago. born last year. I mean, just think about what you were like. <laughs> we were, I was standing there with like th- thousands of people <clears throat> crowded into this little area. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. even seem possible it's ever going to happen again. I know it will. But it doesn't feel like it right now. It really doesn't. But th- that's the one sport that there's no reason they can't be doing right now. Golf, Golf is like... There's automatic social distancing. Yep. Right? Yeah. It's social distancing. You, you could even put, for a pro tournament, there's no reason you couldn't put one person on the on the course on one hole at a time and just tell fans they can't come yeah just tell, but it would just, just be a tv event right 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 and you pop it on there and you could play all these tournaments i'd watch oh, at this point i would I get into like golf. golf i would get into golf yeah absolutely you know I, and i think it's it's a silly thing that cities and states have been trying to take away from people uh because of uh, the you know social distancing and everything and they're saying it's not an essential activity even texas did it and of course, it's not an essential activity, but that's not the mm-hmm. way to look at these things. You need to look at them as what can we give people to keep them sane that yes. will still remain safe. Right. And clearly, golf is in that package. You right. could even say to people, one person on a hole at a time. No foursomes. It's going to be one at a time. It's, gonna, it's not going to be as fun. You could easily do two. 
Remember, most golfers suck, so they slice the ball into opposite woods every time anyway. They're nowhere near each other. Right. <laughs> you know? right. Standing six feet away at the tee, and the tee only is not a big challenge. <laughs> uh, so, But they're taking those things away. They're taking them with it. Don't go driving. Don't go out for a drive, Pat. Yeah. Whatever I, you do, don't I go can't out for a drive. drive. Why? We're in a car with people we're already living with. Why can't we go out for a drive? Does the virus smash through the windshield <laughs> if you're driving around town? I don't think so. I don't think so either. You know, those are basic. The church, the drive-in church is a good example of it. Yeah. Going, just letting people Let go to people parks. Let people do that. Come you know, on. California, I think it is, closed down every state park. Why on earth, with all of that territory, with all that room to keep separate, right. you want to put a police officer or something down there to make sure there's not a huge gathering to break it Fine. up on state property? Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, you know, okay. Well, but, California essentially shut down the Pacific Ocean because they wouldn't let a guy paddleboard, paddleboard by, himself by himself in it. That's amazing. Now, you could see a situation where a big gathering, maybe it gets out of control because everyone's at the beach. I know, mm-hmm. obviously, Florida had an issue with this. They've now with spring break and it, and, yeah. and Pat separately on this on privacy concerns. It's amazing how much information they already have oh, and are releasing. Like they, they release a whole article about how they've tracked all the people who were at spring break and where they went after. So, you know, of course, people are visiting from all over the country <laughs> and they showed now again, it's aggregated data. And that is different than anonymized data. These things get conflated a lot where like anonymized data is they take your your information and they take your name off of it but they can still see everywhere you traveled and as we pointed out multiple times there's only one person on earth that drives from my house to this place over and over again so if you follow my cell phone you're gonna know where i went yeah right yes and not aggregated data is a little bit different in that you're just seeing patterns of travel um you know you can see if you see where you know, where do people walk on a walk path? Where, where do they travel on the weekends? You can see traffic patterns and things like that. That's mm-hmm. a little, you know, it's not quite as invasive. And I, it's something that's been around for a while, but they have a lot of access to it. And getting aggregated data can be useful. But in this case, there's like, okay, people were at spring break and now they all went back to all these places. And then you see the breakouts start in those areas because people were hanging out, you know, shoulder mm-hmm. to shoulder on, on the beach. Most people were making out with 19 strangers every day. Yep. That's the pattern yep. that I've heard from spring break. My spring breaks were never like that, <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure people who aren't losers have those weekends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you look at that and you say, well, I can understand them not wanting it to be crazy. You want to take, most people are doing this on their own. Yeah. You know, the, the you, you mentioned golf. Well, golf, uh, the PGA canceled a bunch of tournaments because the PGA wanted to cancel the tournaments. They didn't feel like they could guarantee the safety of their players uh, uh, or, or their fans. So they canceled it. The NBA felt the same way. They said, mm-hmm. we can't guarantee the safety of our fans or our players. We're not doing it. <laughs> you know, Mark Cuban was on CNBC the other day and they said, hey, Mark, when are the Mavs coming back? When, when is the NBA coming back into action? He said, the Mavs will start playing again when I can guarantee their safety. It wasn't like when the government said it was okay for them to play or the NBA started up Mm. again. Mm -hmm. When I feel comfortable that my players will be safe, then they can play. Yeah. Right. That is the, that's the attitude most Americans have. And it's a good answer. I mean, that's, that's a strong, uh, but you, I mean, on the other hand, you can never guarantee anybody's safety. Uh, He may not have used the word guarantee. He may have said, uh, believe that they're going to be safe or something like that. But I think that that's what it, that's, that's the kind of, false part of the argument that we've been having and it's not a very american approach to it not at all when we say oh well are we going to open up the economy 
or are we going to uh you know stay home and protect for the disease and it's like well the way we keep talking about that is will the government allow us to come out and work or will will the government force us to stay home? Yeah, we've already ceded that to the government. Yeah, and we've seen what that. they're going to allow. And the argument too, and it's like, well, when you look at the data around this, you mm. see that people oh. weren't going to bars and restaurants before they were closed mm-hmm. by the government. Why? Because people didn't feel safe. They didn't feel like going there was a good idea, so they didn't go. The same thing was happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, with concerts and large gatherings and private events that were being canceled. People were nervous about getting this. So they were like, you know what? I'm going to skip it this time. Um, and the same, the same thing happens on the other side of this, I think. We will wind up being uh, a country with an open economy again when people believe they can go to these places without dying. If you can make people believe they will not mm-hmm. die for the most simple thing, like going to church, like going to a movie, like going to a bar, going to a restaurant, then they'll come out. That's the thing. Government tells them yes or no. They're going to come out and that you can't keep people locked up if they don't believe they're at risk. I'm, it's going to be interesting uh, this fall when if things are opened up again and you can't have fans go back to, say, football games. How many are going to go to football games? How many are going to feel comfortable enough to go to a stadium with 60,000 other people? That will be really fascinating to watch because I'm guessing you're going to see a lot of empty seats yeah. at first, at least. Yeah. No. Until people start to feel comfortable again. It's true. It's going to take some time. That's true. I know they started, I think it's in Taiwan, started their baseball league the other day. Oh, they did. So I would say this. You wow. have Taiwanese baseball to watch. <laughs> If you want to get into that. Yeah. Where could I find it? I don't know. I think we got to find it. ESPN 36. <laughs> it would be ESPN regular right now. They got yeah, nothing else to that's air. That's for sure. Um, but uh, they did it with no fans. They did have some like cardboard cutouts oh. of fans in the stands, which is just kind of like kind of fun. A little, a little weird, but fun. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that there's a, there's a level there that eventually that happens. I will tell you, I, I decided the other day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go look at my Super Bowl flight. Because I go to the Super Bowl uh, every year. I don't know if you know this, Pat. No, I haven't uh, heard. Yeah. You, haven't, you never mentioned I've never mentioned it, it. so it's yeah. strange. So that... I go every year. It's a tradition. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? What if the flight is like $18? It's worth the risk to go. Yeah. Uh, it was not $18. It was actually pretty much normal price for the flight, which I was surprised at. Really? Although the strangest thing, I've never seen this. And all my time of travel, going to websites, going to all these sites to try to find out uh, and get a flight, I've never seen this happen before. The first class flight was cheaper than coach. It was cheaper. I've never really? seen it before in my entire life. I've never seen that. Bizarre, right? Why? I must have been some quirk. I mean, I uh. will say this. I got a first class flight to the Super Bowl. It's the first time that's ever happened. Did you already book it? As of right now, I'm the only person on the flight that I could find. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Let's lock this thing in now. And where's the Super Bowl next year? Uh, is it? Tampa this year? Oh, I think it, it might be I Tampa. I think it's Tampa this year. So, yeah, because, yeah, that's right, because Brady's going to be playing in Tampa. Oh, gosh. And they're saying that it could be the first home team to ever make it to the Super Bowl. Please don't. Please, please. Uh, I don't think I can handle it. irritating, wouldn't it? But at least you got a first-class flight to say. Yeah, that's true. Which is kind of cool. Are worse th- there are worse problems to have. Yes, there uh, are. Uh, it is. It's an interesting thing. And going through this and watching it happen, I mean, a lot of times, we, we should talk about this as well. One of the things that kind of is dismissed here is people say, well, look, it's, it's really only hitting older, elderly people 
and uh, people with pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. or, or, or chronic illness. Right. And, you know, look, you know, that's sad and we got to protect those people, but we need to open up the economy. But most people just dismiss it because ah, that's not me. Right. That is really what people yeah, are doing. That's right? not me. If somebody else is going to get sick and die. That I'm is, not going to. That is the mechanism behind the claim, isn't it? Yes. At some level, yes, that is. is what we're all uh, throwing out there. If you happen to be one of the people without the pre-existing conditions. But we'll tell you what the reality is. Uh, coming up in 60 seconds. A little different than you might think. A little different. A little mm-hmm. different. Um, all right. Uh, you know, you could uh, go out to Home Depot, buy a grill. Uh, now that spring is in full bloom and summer is on the way, you could do that. I mean, you'll spend a little bit on some kind of tin lunchbox that somebody put on wheels, or you'll pay a fortune for something that's decent. Got another option for you. What if you could get a grill that will stand up on its own against all the best? And because this grill is sold direct to you, You'd be getting a heavy-duty, sleek, smart technology-packed, world-class beauty of a grill. If that sounds good, you need a rec tech. Cooking outside a lot these days, which so is doing it this weekend. If you haven't uh, gone online to check out rec tech grills, do yourself a favor right now. These grills are sleek and beautiful, and they're built with the best steel. They're heavy and durable, and their smart technology will practically turn you into a chef by itself. Uh, it's got all the app stuff. It's really cool. Rectech Grills are fantastic. You got to check them out. Follow Rectech Grills on all social media and sign up for their newsletter as well. Make sure to visit them at rectechgrills.com. It's R E C T E C Grills with an S.com. Rectechgrills.com. 10 seconds, station ID. And Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. He's a little under the weather today, but it is not uh, COVID nineteen. He says he's he self diagnosed as as, as right. clear of COVID nineteen. <laughs> I'm sure the rest of his family feels very comfortable with that analysis. Okay, we were talking about the fact that uh, we just kind of dismiss the whole <laughs> danger of COVID nineteen sometimes by thinking, oh, okay, well, if you're really old, you know, uh, or if you have pre existing conditions or you've got a combination of those two things then you're in real danger but but i'm not but i'm not but i'm not i'm not one of those people so i'm fine Mm -hmm. um you know it's like these it's seinfeld when uh when um, i I can't remember it was marcy and she says uh she says you know my boy my old my ex-boyfriend came over and yada 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 you know i'm really tired today and they're like, well, you can't yada yada sex. Like, you, that, <laughs> right? Right. You can't yada yada yeah. <laughs> what turns out to be a population of 157 million people. 157 million. Pre-existing conditions in the United States that qualify for that is mm. chronic illness is the wow. technical term. 157 million people in the United States. It's half of our population we're talking about. And of course, there's additional people uh, that are would fall into the elderly category or older category, although there's a lot of crossover right. there. But I think there's 50 million people over the age of 65. So you're talking about a, half of the country, basically. And we or can't, a little bit more. Even. And maybe a little bit more. You can't just be like, well, look, it's only people who with pre-existing conditions. Well, that's a huge piece of the population. And yeah. it's stuff like diabetes and, and heart disease. And, and now they're saying obesity. Yeah, and I don't is think obesity the main is main driving factor. Is that even factored <laughs> in here? Because if is. obesity <laughs> is factored in, it's like 370 million people. <laughs> it's more than the population, yes, though. I that's how fat we are in this country. <laughs> <laughs> and proudly so. Jeez. And proudly so. And I will yes. say, if coronavirus has done anything, 
it's made all of us fatter. I don't know if anybody else is going <laughs> oh, down this dark That's all I want to do because oh, you want to feel normal. And the only way I could feel normal is to eat. Yeah, it I really guess. is. I, yeah. I think like there's some people who are going to alcohol in these times. Some mm-hmm. people are, have lots of really bad pursuits that they may be pursuing. I will tell you right now, the food thing is deadly to me right now. Oh, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't go more than two days without like having yeah. nine meals per meal. Me too. And that's not a good... Right there. Uh, I think a lot of people are in the same position. They were talking at the uh, the COVID-19, as in 19 pounds, which sounds about <laughs> right so far this week. Yeah. Uh, and yep. I, we have... Uh, one of my friends was online. He's like, I'm going to get ripped during this coronavirus thing. And uh, I hate him now. I, I don't like him anymore. Is he He's no ripped? longer a friend. Because um, he's like he's like working. He's using his time like no. productively to work out. See, that's wrong. Just stop that. You know, and making the rest of us look bad. Don't do that. Yeah, you know Please what? Don't I'll, do I'll tell you who it is. It's Chris Lash, Dana Lash's husband, who Bastard. is. It's infuriating. <laughs> stop being an overachiever. Get home and eat a pancake like all the rest of us. Yeah. Okay. Stuff about twelve of yeah. them in for every meal. That's how this is supposed to go. Okay. Then we can all come out looking fat. Mm-hmm. And and we can't judge each other. If you go in and you get all in shape over this uh, quarantine, you're just being a jerk to everyone else. Yeah, it's not fair. You're adding insult to injury exactly from right. this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> not cool. It's not cool. I'll tell you the snack area here in the studio is doing its part because the only thing left in there is hummus. <laughs> That's it. We've got hummus in the snack area. We did have for a while hummus and Sprite, but even the Sprite is now gone. Yeah, it's all gone. I, I will say <laughs> largely, I guess because of you and me, because I've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of the eating of it. They had these, uh, it gets to the point where they have like the breakfast biscuits like that you don't even know what they are but i'm mm-hmm. just like grabbing bags of them all the time i mean yeah, it's, i don't care what's in it just just yeah, give it I to mean, me yeah is it packaged it. is it food is it here yes because is it it's really not highly processed yes all the better I give it to it. me uh-huh so i mean that number if it was 157 million you know in 2020 pro- oh. projected number i mean it's got to be 300 million by now has to be because it's it has to it's be. disgusting I, I don't know i have no control over myself in situations like this i can eat relatively normal like a normal human being in the perfect circumstances only mm-hmm. right like if i have the exact right amount of sleep yeah i i'm in a normal schedule <laughs> okay it's not too hot or too cold <laughs> I, I didn't hurt my ankle last weekend there's no distress there's no distress there's no financial stress there's nothing uh-huh. having bad in the family my kids are very happy uh-huh. my car is working it's not breaking down if every single thing in my life is perfect i can usually nail it for like a week <laughs> If anything is out of whack in any way, all bets are off. All bets are off, and it's Thanksgiving every day. Mm -hmm. And that's the issue here: is that there's no point in which everything feels right right now. So every day is Thanksgiving, and we, you know, everybody in America is like John Goodman on his fattest day. Right. Exactly. I mean, we've said multiple times on uh, my show, Pat Gray Unleashed. That I just want to go back to these days. Right, right uh, quick point of privilege. Yes. Quick point um, of personal privilege. Yes. If we could go back to the personal <laughs> privilege stuff and the personal pronouns. Right. I, I'm happy to have that discussion oh, again. I would love that. Give that to me. Let's go back to those kinder, gentler days mm-hmm. of 97 genders. I'm good with that. <laughs> Please. It's so true. Oh, we need man. a return to the nonsense. Yep. I want it again. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. It's Pat and Stu and Fruit Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn.
back. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Qualifying for a loan right now could be pretty tricky business. Uh, Lenders are human too, after all, you know. Uh, And as the saying goes, they're just as scared of you as you are of them. Money is tight, but there are options available, especially if you're a homeowner. Refinancing your mortgage is one of them. And I want to strongly uh, encourage you to do, do this. In fact, I'm doing it right now with American Financing. Refinancing my mortgage. The rates are like zero. It is a great time to refinance. If it's the right move for you, you could save hundreds of dollars a month, maybe even thousands or more. How much debt could you wipe out with that kind of money? How much financial security might it purchase for you? The people who can determine if it's the right move for you are the mortgage consultants at American Financing. They're in this for you, not the bank. I've dealt with them for a long time. They've always been fantastic. Best of all, they're not going to reset your loan term because you shouldn't pay interest on years you don't need. 10 minutes is all it takes to set you on a new course toward financial freedom. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440. I've done this. You should do it too. 800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Get our biggest discount ever this quarantine season. Go to blazetv.com. Use the promo code GLEN for $30 off your subscription. You'll also be able to get Pat Gray Unleashed and Stu Does America as well. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, the good thing is we're finding out right now that China's got nothing to hide. Um, no. That's why they're restricting all of their research about the origins of this particular disease. Uh, they don't want anybody to well, they've been, see that. They've uh, already told you it was from a U.S. military officer. Right, they uh, took visiting. it to Wuhan and then released it. Yeah. So there's no need to look yeah. into it. We already know what it is. <laughs> it was someone in the Army who traveled to Wuhan and released it. That's what happened. Which happens all the time. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. they're always traveling to Wuhan and releasing something. Yeah. Did I, um, were you here when we were talking about how uh, this past Saturday... I, I got up to the last step of booking a flight from Wuhan to JFK. This no, really? Past Saturday. I don't know if they're, I mean, if they're still available right this second. I can look. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, you shouldn't be able to do that, I no, feel like. No, you shouldn't. At this point. Now, so you were right there and you could have paid for the, for yes, the ticket. All I had to do, actually, it's still in my search, uh, wow. my, my search uh, categories here. Let's do it for this Saturday, see if I can get one. Um, it's not cheap. It does not seem like a, a, a fun flight. Uh, Are there like 30 stops along the way now? Because It was several stops. Yeah. I mean, they've shut down so many flights. Yeah. One thing that people f- forget when we're talking about, uh, it does not seem like I can book one for, for, for Saturday. So at least that's, that's <laughs> maybe that's been cured. It was like $3,000, but you could get from Wuhan to J- oh, wow. to New York City. And at this point, of course, China would argue, actually, you can't come from JFK to Wuhan. That's going to be more of the mm-hmm. issue. Although I, 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 I would venture a guess that uh, their numbers are not exactly accurate yeah yeah we they've got eighty-two thousand people with the virus we have five hundred eighty-eight thousand. yeah i don't think that's well, accurate what do they have 1.6 billion people in the uh-huh. country sure they only got up sure. to eighty thousand cases though total <laughs> right like it, there's no one on earth that believes this there are some estimates that just in uh hubei province they had up to fifty thousand deaths in just uh really Hubei province which does not include any of the other... And they sorry. claim, what, 3,200 total nationwide. Entire nation. Yeah. Wow. Now, we all know this. That's ridiculous. Uh, you know, they, and they did go beyond what our Constitution would allow as far as locking people down. And at certain points, we're very aggressive against this. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Though I will say, I still don't believe it. 
Right yeah, I don't. Know. I don't either. I'm gonna go with no on that one. About the only step we haven't taken that I know of that they that they did was we haven't welded anybody in their home. Yet, <laughs> yes, to my knowledge. Just wait, but, wait, wait for YouTube right. later on today, right? Because uh, I would not be surprised if it does happen. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm having a lot of trouble booking this flight now. So, but it was oh, very recent. It. Very recent, you could do it. And you know, one of the things that happened was we banned Chinese nationals from traveling from wuhan we you know obviously american citizens were there and they had to get home so there were lots of flights and lots of people who came over even after the ban mm-hmm. but, that, but that's a small like part of the story 370 some thousand i think or or more than that from from china and it's it's a small part of the story because it was gonna get here anyway once it got mm-hmm. out of china and it, you know it's in europe i mean you're not gonna be able unless you're stopping every single flight coming in which is what we wound up having to do uh and we're doing that now basically i mean there's very little travel um yeah if in january it would be interesting to see and obviously we can't go back there and do it but if in january we would have said we're shutting down all international flights you can't you can't go uh out of the country and you can't come into the country because if you go out of the country you're gonna have to come back and then that defeats the whole purpose Mm -hmm. he would have gotten so much flack for doing that imagine what would have happened though if even if he had done it honestly in early february Uh, imagine if he had done that and then everything lit up like it did in italy and all these other places he would have looked like a genius yeah although part of this yeah. and this is important going forward and no one is talking about this i have not even heard the president talk about it that often though i'm sure he will be <laughs> is the idea of this border that we happen to have with a country called mexico who has done almost nothing mm-hmm. uh, was acted incredibly late when it comes to coronavirus you and know, they still haven't done much they haven't done much i mean they've acted a little bit lately they finally like closed down their soccer league and stuff um but yeah it was super late people were gathering in tens 20s thirty thousand uh a couple of weeks stadiums. ago they yeah. had a hundred and ten thousand people get together for a music festival incredible that's and so, outrageous and then the democrats are like well we need to why isn't the president taking ex- extreme action you're not going to close the border to Mexico, are you? <laughs> well, you know, kind of. Like, uh, if, yeah. if we don't, there's no purpose in doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We do realize that, right? Because if we decide to shut this whole thing off and we have this big uh, shutdown and it you know, goes to April or May or God only knows how long they're going to do it, and we, we're down to very limited amounts of virus spreading around the country, people are going to be constantly coming across that border with the virus because mm-hmm. they aren't, they're not doing anything down there. And, that, you know, you want to talk about it's a it's obviously a community with uh, with less resources. You're talking about, um, you know, people living in tighter quarters. And you're also talking about a dozen countries south of Mexico that Mexico doesn't want to cross their border, but do all the time mm-hmm. and will wind up coming up to our border as well. Part of this has to be border security. Oh, yeah. Even if you want to say, you know, if you're a person who loves open borders, at least for a time until we get a vaccine. Because we will these efforts where we're spending trillions of dollars and shutting down our economy will do nothing if people are constantly coming across the border with the virus. (laughs) Right. It it makes absolutely no sense. We can take their temperature, but we all know there's asymptomatic uh, cases. And more than that, there's people coming across the border all the time that we don't know about at all. We can't take their temperature. We can't test a person crossing the Rio Grande for COVID-19. Going to be a major problem. Do you, Pat, buy into the idea about uh, of the of the virus originating at one of these two labs in Wuhan? Oh yeah, I think it's possible. I don't totally buy into it, right? 
I, I we don't have enough evidence to yeah, totally buy. I'm not into taking it. it to the bank yet, but I think it's definitely possible. I'm highly suspicious, and I started at mm-hmm. come on. I kind of started as come on, really. They they came from a lab. My first inclination there was like it just it's hard to imagine it happening. It feels so like a conspiracy theory. Yeah, it does. Though as the the the, the evidence has come together on this, I mean, we now have a story today from the Washington Post. Uh, two years before the novel coronavirus pandemic upended the world, U.S. embassy officials visited a Chinese re- uh, research facility in the city of Wuhan several times and sent two official warnings back to Washington about inadequate safety at the lab, which was conducting risky studies on coronaviruses from bats. Jeez. And by the way, did you read that we uh, gave $3.7 million to that lab mm. for those experiments? Oh, my God. In U.S. taxpayer dollars. Because <laughs> we were like, we don't want to go in those caves with those stupid bats. You, <laughs> right. go, get, you go get them. <laughs> we thought that was a good idea. I, unbelievable wow. stuff. It's I'm, crazy. There's no reason for us to be giving grants no! to the Chinese government to do for research. For anything. No. Not to do anything. I mean, that, that's just ridiculous. I am at the point where I am legitimately pissed off at China mm. on this thing. It, it's not... I understand is that, that... because you hate Asians? Is that why? It is not. Oh, it okay. actually has really? zero to do... I'm not pissed off at Hong Kong. Okay. I'm not pissed off at uh, Indonesia. Cambodia. Uh, Cambodia, not pissed off at at all. Uh, Japan, not pissed off at. Do you hate the Thai people? I am pissed... No. In fact, <laughs> I love their food. It's <laughs> delicious. Especially the pad kind. Uh-huh. Um, you, uh, you talk about China and the Chinese government, which, of course, was the one who oversaw the research facility, uh, the one who uh, took a report posted by a researcher in China and removed it because it said the virus, quote, probably came from a laboratory in, in Wuhan. Uh, you add up all these things. You, they have videos that the Chinese government has released of these researchers from this facility in these caves capturing Mm -hmm. horseshoe bats the origin species and extracting things and then talking about how you know sometimes we don't have the protection on right and you know you get you can get feces and urine and blood on you and that's really not safe oh man really is it not safe wow i I never thought i never considered that (laughs) and there's all sorts of weird stuff about researchers who are believed Uh. to be patient zero just disappearing you know they've just eliminated Uh. them from websites and they've gone away. And, and part of this is maybe reaching, but you're seeing this now in official U.S. documents where they, mm-hmm. they suspected the same thing. We, we, all sorts of um, really terrible of, 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 uh, you know, procedures at these facilities to protect an outbreak like the one we're seeing. And you can go mm-hmm. and blame Trump or Fauci or Burks or anyone else. One of the things that Burks talked about specifically was in this formational time where we could have been taking action. The Chinese government was lying to us. They were telling us, basically, it was a controlled situation. Serious, but not widespread. So you had a situation where we looked at it kind of like SARS. Could be bad, but doesn't look that bad. Looks like it's going to be maintained largely in China. So we didn't act. Now, we probably, obviously, now with retrospect, this is what Fauci was saying the other day, you know, looking back, of course, it would have been great if we started yeah. making ventilators that day. But yes. you think of the information we're getting. The medical community was fooled by the lies coming from China. And we had the evidence of SARS-type viruses mm-hmm. and the swine flu and, and all MERS, those things. Mm-hmm. MERS coming from that area or the Middle East. And things it went okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. 
So if you're led to believe that it's going to be like that, you do, you don't take extraordinary measures no. under those circumstances. No, you don't. I mean, it, it makes sense that you would not handle it the same way. Absolutely. Now, I'm of the belief, and I believe you are as well, Pat, that there's about four things the government should be doing. One of them is preparation for a pandemic. Yes. We've said this not to, this didn't start today. This is something we talked about for a very long time. I remember doing a show about this with Glenn Beck back in Tampa when we were down in Tampa. So that had to be, you know, 2000, 2001. Yeah, like 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years ago. Because it's it's one of those things that if it happens, this sort of crap it was what happens to your life and your society. Mm-hmm. You wind up shutting down. It's a total disaster. The guy who was obsessed with this in office was George W. Bush. In his second term, uh, he read. He actually read that book on the Spanish flu, which is one of the best known books on that. It had a huge impact on him. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And it changed him and he decided this was his the main thing he wanted to get accomplished. Was not successful, unfortunately, with his whole plan. If he had been, we would have been much better prepared for this. But again, when you, you know, you look at the countries that reacted the best to this, Hong Kong, you know, I mean, again, areas, Hong Kong, Taiwan, we know Taiwan's part of China, if you ask the World Health (laughs) Organization, Um, Japan, uh, uh, you know, um, Singapore, these countries, one, are used to dealing with these pandemics, right? So they were better prepared to recognize when one was happening. But number Mm -hmm. two, and probably chief among all reasons, none of these people trusted China. They already had dealt with China lying so many times that they were like, screw it. I don't care what they're saying. Prepare. So they were prepared very early and were able to control it very early. You know, the fact that, it, that China was fooling international medical boards by lying mm-hmm. about this disease. Forget even if it didn't come from a lab. It may very well have come. We may find that it just came, you know, from a bat or some other species. But they are responsible for not only their lies then, but their lies now. The fact that they're still hiding research from us today is absolutely inexcusable. And when this thing is over, mm-hmm. they have to have, there has to be repercussions for China on this. And I don't know, maybe we won't have the balls to stand up for them. But I know, I I know we won't. We won't. Trump, Trump will, though. <clears throat> yeah. Trump will. But he'll get all kinds of flack yes. from the Democrats no on doubt. doing anything about it. 888-727-BECK. <laughs> So do you have those uh, chicken little moments, you know, the ones where you kind of just want to run around screaming, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. I don't know if you know this, sometimes the sky is actually falling. It's fallen on our heads over the past month or so. Uh, Look, we understand that that's not always a great idea to go around doing that, Um, even though sometimes it does do a lot of good. This has been one of those moments over the past few weeks where, you know, the wild fluctuations in the market, we've seen economic crisis like nothing else the United States has ever faced. I mean, even gold, which has been uh, the place you, sh- you could tie all, you know, you could really tie your boat during a storm, is in short supply all of a sudden because people know that in a time of, uh, you know, like this, gold is, is incredibly valuable. Groups that sell gold are often having to delay producing the actual product, which is a huge problem because if you're buying in a crisis, you, you need it. You need it now. Um, and essentially, they will sell you an IOU. That sounds like a terrible idea. It kind of sounds like cash if you're seeing the way that the, our government is spending it it feels like that the good news is all of uh, all of this is going on and in a situation where gold line is is flourishing they're not one of these companies having this difficulty they're still selling gold and they're able to deliver on their promises if you want to consider gold uh part of your pro- portfolio i think it's a wise decision uh, to have some money in gold if you have it to, to spare um it is a good protection against situations like this i have some glenn has some as well 
You're going to do your best homework by giving Goldline a call. Let them walk you through the process. Understand the risks and the rewards. Now is the time. 866-GOLDLINE is the number to call. 866-GOLDLINE. If you are seeing what's going on in the world and it is, it's freaking you out a little bit, I know it is for me. 866-GOLDLINE is the number to call. 866-GOLDLINE. Tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Glenn TV, Americans are vulnerable and snake oil salesmen in the form of Democrats are knocking at our doors claiming they have a cure for coronavirus. Socialist healthcare. But how has that worked for countries in Europe? With sky-high unemployment, many are saying that France's long-running experiment with socialism is failing. With the health of America's future at stake, Glenn reveals the real cure. Watch Arguing with Healthcare Socialists tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome back. 888-727-BECK is the program. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn. Uh, Glenn is out today. Do you, what do you... Odds on COVID for Glenn. What do you think? I think he's got COVID-17. Okay. Yeah. That's, that one's pretty mild, right? Yeah, it's mild. Not bad. And it's a stomach thing. I so that, I think that's what he has. I love that he actually said in the email, he's like, hey, uh, urgent, I'm out sick today. Going to need you guys to fill in. It's not coronavirus. <laughs> it's like, how do you know that? <laughs> Yeah, and you know, there's people who get it, and they're completely asymptomatic. So if you actually mm-hmm. have symptoms, and he said it was a, stu- I think he said it was a stomach bug, which right. it probably is, right? Even you know, about ninety percent of people who get tested for COVID because they have COVID system or uh, s- symptoms don't have COVID, right? So even if you have the symptoms, even you if you have the fever yeah. and the aches, exactly. But you can't, you can't rule it out. Right. Right. I mean, I just yeah, want to get in his can. head a little bit. I hopefully he's listening. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you just might. Like, I don't know. You might have it. He might. He might have it. In fact, it. I think he probably does. I mean, I, I, he looked like it. He looked like a COVID kid. I'm very worried about him. <laughs> and uh, oh, it's a tough time. And uh, so it's a bad time it's to be time. sick. You you actually went home sick the other day. I did. And, and I heard about it from everybody in the office. Amazing panic around here. <laughs> Here's a pack has COVID. <laughs> it's no, like, I, no, I don't. No, I, it's just like... I, I don't know what it is, but I don't have a fever. Mm-hmm. I haven't lost my sense of smell. Mm-hmm. The fever is the biggest one. If you get yeah. into fever zone, then you know I think eighty yeah. percent of COVID patients have the fever. That's the biggest one. So if you don't have that, because I mean almost all of them do, except the asymptomatic ones, right? Yeah, yeah. So all right, well this was fun. Uh, hopefully Glenn will be back uh, tomorrow. You're listening to Glenn Beck. <laughs>